0: That's the sound of expatriate Canadian chef Matt Abergill. He's featured in the new video on YouTube, and you see him shopping at a Hong Kong wet market, picking up the day's freshest produce. It's a long way from Jewish Calgary where he grew up. He channeled his Bubby's chicken recipe when he started out in the food scene, and after stops in Vancouver and New York, a dozen years ago, Matt Abergill moved to Hong Kong where in 2011 he opened his first restaurant there, Yardbird. Yardbird is located in the hepster Xinhuan district, near the ferry to Macau. The New York Times, Vogue, and Time Out have given it rave reviews over the years. This year, Aberjil is marking some big milestones. Yardbird turns 10, and the Michelin Guide people have awarded the restaurant its first star. And it's all taking place amidst the political unrest and tension in Hong Kong due to China's increasing clampdown on democracy there. And despite COVID lockdowns that have left his business struggling,
1: as, as great as as the Michelin star is for for recognition and for business and for it doesn't change our business at all. It doesn't change our like model at all. Um, and I think that you know we we had a plan to grow, and that plan's changed. Uh, we were going to go to LA and, and open last year. Um, that plan is completely changed. Uh, the whole world has obviously changed a lot, so we're not doing that anymore. Um, It's just about staying focused here and and being, you know, just just getting our foundation back to where it it once was and and being really strong and just, you know, maintaining. You know, this is all that I think that
0: uh, most of the world right now is maintaining. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Of the 5,000 or so Jewish residents of Hong Kong, chef Matt Abergill is probably pretty recognizable. For one thing, he skateboards and even hangs on to the back of buses while he does it sometimes. And I'm not even sure if that's legal. And he's very identifiable because he wears the Yardbirds iconic chicken symbol on his t-shirts. It's a black and white chicken. The restaurant is famous for serving Japanese-style yakitori meals. That's grilled chicken on skewers. Coming up, we'll chat with Matt Abergill in Hong Kong. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. (music) Statistics Canada says Jewish people were not the most targeted in terms of hate crimes in 2020. That's the finding of a new report from the government agency. While overall hate crimes reached a new record, Jewish targets came in second after the black community. There were still 321 incidents of hate crimes against Jews reported to police in 2020, which is still up 5% from the year before, when the figure was 306. But hate crimes against the Black community were up 92% from the year before, at over 600 incidents. The Canadian Friends of Simon Wiesenthal organization says it saw lots of online instances of hate directed against Jews during the pandemic, including conspiracy theories about who caused COVID, Meanwhile, in sports news, Edmonton's Jewish Federation is ready to welcome Zach Hyman to their city. Hyman's leaving the Toronto Maple Leafs for the Oilers hockey team. Hyman was a free agent. He's now getting a seven-year contract, and he'll take home a $5.5 million paycheck every year, which is more than the Leafs wanted to pay him. Hyman spent six years with his hometown team, but as you know, Toronto suffered another epic collapse again in the recent Stanley Cup playoffs, and they haven't won a cup since 1967. Edmonton has won five Cups under Wayne Gretzky and Marc Messier. The last time wasn't that long ago. It was 1990. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast today and you'll hear from Hyman himself. Good morning. Morning. How's the weather there today? There's a typhoon. So even though there was a declared typhoon in Hong Kong outside Matt Abergill's apartment building, he was still planning to go into work. It is rainy season there after all, and it wasn't all that bad. And he was 12 hours ahead it was tuesday morning his time when we spoke and still monday night my time but the different time zones and the seasons are just part of what the expat canadian has become used to since he and his partner Lindsay zhang moved to hong kong to take the next step in their professional restaurant careers he's in the kitchen she's the manager they're not romantic partners anymore but they do have two kids and two restaurants, Yardbird, and one named after their son called Ronan. They've also got a grocery and sandwich place, and a line of Japanese whiskey. And they name those Sundays after their daughter. Matt joins me now. What are some of the things that uh, your brand is doing over the course of this year to mark the the anniversary of you know opening uh, the first restaurant?
1: So we, we normally we have uh, just one huge party. Um, and then um, this year we decided to do 10 collaborations over the course of 10 months more, it's probably going to be more like 11 months um, and yeah I mean each one is just kind of a, a connection to a friend or to someone who's special to us or to a brand that supported us or people that we've gotten to know over the last 10 years or before um, And and just to try and Kind of extend the celebration just to show appreciation to kind of an extended community of people that we've you know we've been in touch with a big part of our restaurant has always been people traveling to hong kong and hanging out in hong kong and obviously this last year has been not much of that you
0: mentioned COVID, so we should talk about it what has it been like for you personally living in uh, Hong Kong during the COVID. Let's start with that, and and how how is it now?
1: Um, well, for us, nothing's really changed as far like the as far as the we've been wearing a mask since last March, and we still wear a mask. And I don't imagine we won't be wearing a mask for a long time. Um, everybody here wears a mask. If you go outside of your house without a mask, that's weird. And if you see someone without a mask, that's weird. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's just really become a different acceptance level here. I think there's a lot. It's a lot different uh, of an approach. You know, we haven't had a single case for 41 days, but nothing's changed. You know, so it's it's you know it's a very strict um, quarantine rules, very strict. You know, who can come in, who can leave, whatever. Um, Hong Kong doesn't accept the idea that people could be prevented from dying and we wouldn't prevent it that's kind of the approach they have you know i think in the course of the year and a half it's less than 300 people have died um you know in a city of eight million people and that's just because of the extreme caution you know there's no there there wasn't uh I think they just put like human life and they value the human human element of it over everything else, whether that's social welfare or, or economic welfare or anything like that. So it's quite interesting um, to watch the rest of the world just, you know, talk about needing, needing to reopen and having to reopen and everything falling apart while people are still dying. So, yeah, it's interesting. But I don't know. I don't know. There's no right. There's no wrong, I guess. It's just this is the approach that we're in and. We have no real say or, or you know I think it's a it's a lot higher acceptance rate here
0: so for how long were you were you closed were you only takeout how did that pan out?
1: so we closed voluntarily for a couple of weeks and just did takeaway just to kind of protect ourselves protect our staff and figure out figure out the best way to do it because we had never done takeaway before uh, in ten years and we had never done. Yeah, we'd all, we were, we we're never done lunch. We'd never done takeaway. We'd never done, you know, so many things we never done. So we were trying to figure out things, and so we we closed for a bit. But then, I mean, you know, we're still under different types of restrictions. Um, most of the restrictions now are based on vaccine. So, like, if your if your staff is fully vaccinated, then you can open to a certain time with a certain amount of people, and it's been a challenge. But you know, we're still here, and. You know, they're, we're really lucky. I mean, the government was actually super supportive in the beginning with money and, you know, with giving every all the businesses support monetarily initially.
0: Uh, Did you have to lay staff off? No, we didn't lay anybody off. We didn't. Uh, yeah, we didn't. Um, are you familiar with you know how your family is handling everything back? You?
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're fine. It's funny because I talk to my I talked to everyone a lot and you know that it's. Alberta's Alberta's approach to it is is economy first and and everything else kind of second, which is kind of generally Alberta's approach to everything. Um, and you know, everyone just deals with it differently, and it's and it's a mass, like you know, like it's it's a it's it's the it's the popular vote basically, like you know, the way that people see things, and like you know, the, no no one was rallying against wearing a mask here.
0: Nobody would protest because. Of where you live at the moment, and that has been a big uh, international condemnation, of course, of the the law that was passed a year ago. There's definitely people that
1: I mean, there, it's definitely not normal, and it's definitely like been a huge shift in the paradigm of how people see the government, um, and their reaction. You know, uh, between because I mean, we going through going through the protests and the social unrest for the year before COVID was if as as detrimental to my business, if not more than COVID. Um, on top of that, it just took the toll on the city that it, it's it was insane just how quickly things shifted. That being said, like, again, I think two people died in the whole year of protesting and social unrest. And if you look at the rest of anywhere in the world, you know, this is this kind of thing would lead to a, a lot more human life loss. Um, and so, I mean, like I always, I, I try and take, like, I, I can't control that part of my life in, in this city. Uh, but when I look other elsewhere, I guess, when I look outside and I, and I see the types of political unrest and instability and crime and, and things that happen all over the world, to me, this is an acceptable trade-off. You know, my kids are safe. People are not dying in the streets. There's no guns. There's no violence. Um... Even like with the police being, you know, really not in a good place right now in Hong Kong, like, you know, they didn't kill anybody. The government made plenty of bad decisions, but so did people. So, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, of different ways to look at it. I just, in, in the world we live in now, I'm thankful and I'm grateful to be here and not somewhere else.
0: You are also, uh, you know, a, a Canadian, white and uh, foreigner.
1: I, I take care of the people that I'm surrounded by and, and that, that uh, I'm responsible for, and I take care of them well, and outside of that, you know, I try and just stay focused.
0: All right, so let's change topics. Um, talking about your uh, your influence, your Jewish influence, and how it's uh, informed um, your cooking, we have to bring up chicken soup and, you know, Cornish hens from, from your past, so...
1: Conceptually, there's definitely you know some flavors, and we use a lot of schmaltz. I mean, we have a abundance of chicken fat, so we use a ton of schmaltz, um, which is something that my bubby would use all the time. I think that mostly though, it's it's about generosity. It's about you know being open to you know having people s- feeding people and taking care of people, and that's that's more the influence I think f- from my Jewish heritage and, and side than anything. Um, so. You know, I, I think that's that's mostly where it comes from. You know, the, it's she's always there, and you know, you're always kind of thinking about the person you love most. You know, when when you're cooking, hopefully, um, and you know, that's that's where that comes from.
0: To get the latest on all their anniversary events this year, you can check out yardbirdhongkong.com, and that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Marilyn Hayes in Montreal. She's the daughter of the late Saul Hayes. He used to run the former Canadian Jewish Congress organization for nearly 40 years. And we'll close the episode with a clip from Zach Hyman from his news conference Wednesday on why he chose to play for Edmonton.
1: I think first and foremost, I think that you know most important to me is to go to a team that has the opportunity to win and in Edmonton, uh, you know, we played Edmonton. Or I should say we, but last year when I was on Toronto, I, I, we played against Edmonton a bunch. And um, I just see there, there being so much opportunity and, and a chance to to win a Stanley Cup with the players they have there, and and that opportunity, and then just the city and the passion and and the fan base. Uh, I'm just so excited to be to be joining an organization uh, like Edmonton, and I can't wait to get started.